Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday. What is it? September 5th. September 5th. Correct. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, pardon my stuffy nose. I'm going to sound like Squidward. Everyone's going to have to deal with it for one day. Sucks to suck. Um, yeah, just it, it, it's going to suck, but it, it's just what it's going to be for the next 45 minutes to an hour. It's just what it's going to be. Uh, but we're back. We're here. Another episode. Uh, great Labor Day. I hope everybody out there had a great Labor Day. Thought about. I hope everybody took the time today to sit down and to think about America. Did you? Uh, I, I uh, no. All right. Well, the day's not over. So after this, I need you to take five seconds. Just think about America. Okay. All right. You know, let's just do it right now. Ready? Just take five seconds. Think about America. Ready? Go. Bald eagle. Exactly. Exactly. That's all you needed to say. That's America. Bald eagle is. I closed my America. eyes and I saw a bald eagle. I. That's what George Washington probably dreamt about bald eagles nonstop. Do you think bald eagles have balls? Why do they call them the bald eagle if they're not bald? It's above my pay grade. I don't, I really could not tell you. Well, now I'm curious. I mean, why do they call it the bald eagle? Google? Call comes from an old English word, baldy, meaning yeah. white. Yeah. God damn it. I didn't like that answer. I shouldn't have looked it up. I don't I didn't want to know. Do you, do you ever do that where like you just like look up the answer for stuff and the answer is just like not good enough and you're like, God, I wish I didn't know now. Yeah, it just makes it less cool. It ruined it. Like bald eagles are now ruined for me. Now I'm going to think about the word white. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's not cool. Not as cool as you thought it would be. I think we need to address this actually very serious situation that I just thought of right now. Okay. So producer Jake has been out for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's acceptable. No, he should have to do a punishment. We might have to fire him. Fire and who 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 would be a producer? Uh, I know this guy Jake. Yeah, Jake's pretty good. Yeah, maybe Jake we should from, just keep him. Jake from Farm State. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Jake from Farm State. I miss the old Jake from State Farm, I'll say it. Was it the guy that was uh that commercial where he was like, What are you wearing? He's like, uh khakis. Oh, the khakis. Yeah, that was funny. That's OG. the OG Jake from State Farm. Yeah. Screw this new guy. He's like boys with Patrick Mahomes. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, why do you have to be boys in Mahomes? The old Jake from State Farm did it for the love of the game, not for the money. Right, yeah. He was just there. He was just a just chilling in his khakis. Guy. Just like like to help 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 his neighbor. That's all he wanted to do was was state your farm just mm-hmm. all day. And now he can't because he's not Jake anymore. Yep. <laughs> all right, so getting into the baseball world, as you know, as we should, having a baseball podcast. Big news today out of the MLB, Julio Urias arrested today, 
domestic violence. The Dodgers take a huge blow. Julio Urias takes a huge blow. The MLB takes a huge blow. Does I know this goes on the internet, and this is more of something that you should say when it's just me and you talking and we're not talking to the internet, but just don't hit your wife, man. Yeah. Just just let just leave her be and just play fucking baseball. I just there's something with baseball players and domestic violence. I don't get it. It's it's nothing we haven't seen before. It's it's terrible. It's a horrible thing. The guy just he literally just blew so much money that he was probably going to get in this offseason. I I don't know. This is a huge hit for the Dodgers and just another hit for baseball because baseball is kind of starting to get this stereotype where like we're used to this shit now. Like, like I saw this notification. I didn't even flinch. I was just like, Oh, there goes another one. It's because it's happening too often. It's, it's almost like Tommy John, like how, how we're so blind to Tommy John now. And we're just like, yeah, whatever. Like getting these notifications of guys just arrested, 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 allegations, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, Baseball is like almost starting to get this stereotype of just like having ba- bad guys as players because of all the stuff that has been coming out recently. You know, Julio Urias, Wander Franco, Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger, all these guys. Like, it, it's becoming a problem, like a, like a big problem. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely becoming an issue. Um, I mean, considering just just talking about the baseball factors. Uh, this definitely, like you said, took a took a hit for his um, for his potential free agency earnings in next year, and kind of puts in limbo his career in the moment, in my opinion. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what the the Dodgers how they take action. I'm sure baseball uh, and the Dodgers will both review this respectively, uh, and then a decision will be made about whether. We'll see Julio on the field for the remainder of the season or not. Yeah, I mean, personally, most likely, in my opinion, I think he's probably out for the the, the remainder of the year. And then we look at this offseason, and in a year that this guy actually really needed to perform in a contract year, there was a lot of questions about Urias. You know, he's had some very solid years down the stretch for the Dodgers, but as of recently, like, there's been a lot of question marks about if he's healthy enough and if he's honestly just good enough and those couple years weren't a fluke. If you remember, like this guy came up when he was, what, 18 years old, 19 years old? He was a very young pitcher for the Dodgers. And this year has just not been his year. And this is just not the way that you want to end off a bad year in a contract year where most likely you're not staying with L.A., so you're really your whole year is really an audition to every team, and if this is an audition, the guy's not getting signed anywhere because the the play that he has, the 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 way he's been pitching this year, add and adding this on top of it, a whole investigation now. If he if he does get through this investigation and he does get signed somewhere, it is going to be for a lot cheaper than what it should be. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely going to be at a discount. It's definitely not going to be the number that many people around the league kind of assumed for a guy like Urias. I mean, 
we we have to remember that going into this off season, the season, the the resume he's built has has him at a hefty price tag. Probably somewhere. What would you say? Like a hundred. I'd say million? like a. I would say I would say before this year he was a six figure pitcher. Now I think he's like a sixty million dollar pitcher. Yeah, I mean it's just and it, that number will drop further now. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, just kind of a tough scene all around for for everyone involved. Yeah, like like I honestly think like before this year he was like a seven for a hundred kind of guy, like a, like seven for one ten something around there. Now I I think five for like fifty five five for sixty like like I think that gets it done easily and that might be even be an overpay, mm. but we have to remember like these things can take a really long time. We saw what happened with Trevor Bauer. That guy was done done with, for baseball for a year year and a half, and then he came back and he could only get signed in Japan. So like this could end up being a really long process for Julio. We may never see Julio pitch in the MLB again. We may see him in a couple months. We may see him in a couple years. We really don't know. This is another scenario, just like Wander Franco, that we just really need to wait till all the details come out. We need to wait for the investigation to go farther and see what they uncover and see what happens. But right now on the baseball side of it, this leaves the Dodgers getting weaker in a position that they were already struggling in. The starting rotation is pretty much the only thing that you can pick apart with the LA Dodgers. They haven't been getting the consistent starts that they need, and they have had a lot of guys injured. Now, Walker Bu- Walker Bueller is hopefully going to be back in the next couple weeks, if not like if not the if not the next two weeks, the next three, four weeks. He is trying to make a comeback. He's been working very hard this year. I was listening to a podcast with him in it the other day. Talking, He was talking about how hard he's been working to get back. He wants to come back early. He knows he can come back early. So adding him is definitely going to help in this rotation. But losing Urias, a guy who's been to the playoffs before, has performed in the playoffs, maybe not the best, but they have Clayton Kershaw. Clearly, they don't care about playoff performance. He's been to the playoffs before. He's Even though he's young, he's seasoned. Like He's been there with the Dodgers every single year. He's been pitching with the Dodgers every single year. He's been pretty much the ace since he's come up. He's been one of the best pitchers in that rotation. It's going to be a big hit for the Dodgers come down the stretch. They need to get guys back. They need to get guys healthy because if they think that Lance Lynn is going to keep up this great, great start that he's had as a Dodger, they're kidding themselves because that's just, that's unrealistic. Where do you think this puts the Dodgers? Like, what, what do you do? You think they're now at a disadvantage for the rest of the year with if they? Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I really do because they're now going to a hundred percent. They're going to have to rely on so many young rookies because they do. They have young, great young rookies, but a lot of them have not been performing this year. They need time in AAA, and they have to get rushed because the Dodgers need rotation help. And coming down the stretch in September and October, you don't want rookies out there. You're, like Right now, the Dodgers are looking like they might have to throw a rookie game three or game four. If Bueller doesn't come back, probably game three. And even if you are throwing a rookie game three, that means you're throwing Lance Lynn game two. You don't want that either. So they need to get healthy. Bueller coming back is going to be absolutely huge. I think this 
this is definitely a big hit. I think even though this road, not this, this lineup can absolutely hit with a team like the Atlanta Braves. I think this just brings th- that rotation down so much because of Urias's experience in the playoffs. He's pitched there before. I, I think that's a guy who, even though he's having a rough year, can turn it on in the playoffs and figure something out. I, I get that. I just I just kind of lean more on the side of that Urias is having a, a down year, 4-6 ERA. And at the end of the day, I, I, I'd rather take a, a chance on – some some younger players than than a guy who's you know almost at a five now. I mean, he, let's not sugarcoat it. Before this, he was having a pretty shitty year. So oh, yeah. I mean, maybe this maybe this could be maybe this could also be some good for the Dodgers. Like we never know what can come out of this. Yeah, hundred. I mean, this could be a blessing in disguise. It absolutely could. And if there was a team that could get out of something like this, it would be the LA Dodgers. They 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 would be the team to come out of this and be even better. And with the way that they're playing, like I don't really think it's going to slow them down. I don't think it's going to, you know, make them drop games for the rest of the season. But I think come playoff time, they're going to feel it a little bit more when they could have Urias out there, even in a relief role, because he has come out of the bullpen before. Even in a relief role in the playoffs, I think he's very valuable, and I think they're going to lose that by having to rely on a rookie pitcher like, like an Emmett Sheehan who. Has it, it had all the, all the promise in the world, but has come up and not been as good as he was advertised, just because he was rushed a little bit. I just think Urias, you feel a lot more comfortable in that spot. But don't get me wrong, the Dodgers are still in a great spot with the way Mookie's been playing, the way Freddie's been playing. The whole lineup is hitting like crazy. They're still in a great spot. They're still probably the number one favorite to take down the Braves in the NL. So they're still in a great spot, but. This this hurts a little bit come playoff time. I think. definitely definitely hurts come playoff time. Oh, breaking news! Yes, breaking news! Breaking news! Do we what? have any? I'm trying is to. It, do we have a? Do it? we have a? Do we have a? Shohei Otani will have elbow surgery. Hmm. He has decided to have elbow surgery. His agent says today. The procedure is inevitable, and he did not specify whether it is going to be Tommy John or not. But the possibility of him just, you know, pushing through this and trying to just rest the tear and see what happens is not happening. He will have elbow surgery. And does that's kind of big. Like, that, that's kind of big. Because even though we do not know if it's Tommy John or not, elbow surgery is elbow surgery. And if we're being honest, as much as his agent might not want to say it, he might be saying it by not saying it. This could very well and most likely is Tommy John surgery. Yeah, this is Tommy John surgery. And this is, you know, he is probably not going to be pitching on a big league mound probably till 25. So this is uh, whoever signs Otani next year has to keep in mind that they might not only not get the same pitcher as he was once before, but you won't even get a pitcher out of him until 2025. Yeah, and this is what we've been talking about since we found out about the elbow injury is how is this really going to affect his deal in the offseason and if it affects where he goes at all. And having surgery, I think, definitely affects where he goes as well. I, I think... 
as sad as this is to say, because he's he his having elbow surgery and it's terrible, but this is, I think, a great thing for the Los Angeles Angels. I think him having elbow surgery will possibly lean him a little bit more towards staying just because he'll most likely have the surgery in LA. He'll most likely rehab a most of it in LA. So unless he's moved early, unless he signs early, he's going to be in LA rehabbing that injury, rehabbing that surgery. I'm just saying, I think that's a good thing for the angels. I think that's, they can absolutely benefit from the fact that he is going to be in LA and the fact that he's going to be injured might keep some teams who would have been aggressive a little more passive and come in with a low number and not just steal the show like like this like the San Diego Padres did this last year with Xander Bogarts it's just stealing the show just throwing money at him this injury could prevent that and the Angels could sneak in there and do something they did put a lot of guys on waivers that they traded for trying to get a lot of money off their books I hope that's to save money for Otani. I don't know, but it would be very nice. I know they didn't get below the sales tax because nobody picked up Randall Grichuk, so now they have to pay him. That yeah. sucks, but, but I don't know. I don't know. I think this is good for the Angels. The fact that he's having surgery, I think it's good. I think I think it has, looks a lot more likely like he will, will return to L.A., especially now. Um, if you really look at it from this perspective that – the Angels, for 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 as little all in action as it was, they did kind of go all in for him, at, you know, as all in as the Angels possibly can. So there's definitely uh, motivation on. I think there's. I think there was there, there was a lot shown from the organization to Otani that they do. They're, they're trying to build around him, whether it's, they're going to succeed in doing so or not. But like, there's a lot of people around there showing that they want him to stay. I think, I think he'll he will eventually. I, I every day now, I feel like he's just going to stay an angel. Yep, every day I feel like it becomes more and more like he's going to be an angel. I don't know, like, I don't know, but but do I know? Like, I have no clue what the contract would be. Like, I have not a clue. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I feel like a, a lot of times we can we can usually guess, and yeah, we can like guess with Otani, but it's hard now because of the injury. We don't really know if he's going to get paid for both positions, or if he's going to get paid as a hitter, or if he's going to get paid, you know, as both for the first five years of the contract, and then they're gonna they're just gonna front load the shit out of it, and he's going to get paid as a DH for the back end of it. I don't know. Like I I do I do definitely think that the contract most likely is going to get front loaded. He's going to get paid a lot for the first five years of his contract. And then they're going to try on the back end to pay him more of a DH, which I think is smart for a team. That's a, that's a good insurance policy to have. I don't know if he's going to take that, but I like if I, if I'm a GM, that's what I'm trying to do. That, that's what I want to do. I want to pay him. If he wants the, the 60 million a year or whatever, pay him 60 65 million dollars a year for the first five years just do it and then on the back end the back five year, back three to five years pay him more in the you know 25 to 30 range or 30 yeah. 35 probably I, all, all of this depends on 
honestly, all of this depends on how many years the Otani wants. Yeah, and the surgery, really. I think the surgery plays a factor, but I don't think it's as big of a factor as people think. Because I still think, I mean, look, Judge Judge was commanding half a half a billion. Trey Turner was getting similar money. So, like, just as a hitter alone, he's going to get paid. And then to follow that up, I mean, he could he could be a four ERA, and he would still get a decent salary off of that just for how great his bat is. Um, so I think I think the bat is going to really drive it. Yeah. I mean, what is judges? What is judges AV? Do we know? Uh, I think it's like thirty. It is thirty. So, do you think Otani is is just his bat? Do you think is worth more than thirty a year? Probably, yeah. Even though he plays no defense. Probably. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. I mean, I just, there's a lot I, of I, other factors that come into that too. I mean, like Otani is a global name. Yeah, it, it, that's it's very true. I, I I don't know. I I think, you know, Judge gets thirty million dollars a year. I don't think Otani gets much more than that, just as a pure hitter, for the sole purpose that he doesn't play the field. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's going to be a very very difficult sell for a lot of these teams to meet the asking price when his his arm may never be the same. Yeah, and and it's really tough, and that that's what makes it so tough to predict what's going to happen. That's why, like, that's why we we legit have no idea what is going to happen. I mean, we'll find out what happens. We'll, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, we find out what kind of surgery it's going to be. Uh, most likely, I think we're both on the same page here. Most likely, it's going to be Tommy John. And that that's not the end of the world to come back from. More more people, a lot of people come back from two Tommy Johns. But it's definitely a hit for Otani. It's going to be a hit for the Angels, and it's going to be a hit for whoever gets him. But... Right now, all you really got to do is wait. He's still stealing bags, hitting homers, and doing his fucking thing. Just got to 40 home runs, 20 stolen bases this past weekend. It's a it's a great mark. Like that that's that is what great players do. I agree. That's what great players do. It's just he's so fucking good. It's just not even funny. The best player that I've ever seen. Can I have him on my team? Fucking get in line. Nah, you don't need him. You don't want... You don't even want... You guys wouldn't even like him. You'd probably just yell at him. We would love him. Like, he deserves to be loved. And we would appreciate him for what he does for the world. Eh. I don't know. You mean eh? I don't know. Mets fans, uh... We could use Otani right now. I mean, I think everyone could use Otani. I don't think there's one team out there that could not use o- Maybe the Braves. But the they Braves could still use him. Otani. They could still use him. They don't have a DH, really. Who's the two DHs for the Braves? 
Mm. I don't, I don't know. know. No clue. Travis Darno. Yeah, it's a great question. I have literally no clue. Yeah, what the fuck? Why do I not know? It's definitely Travis Darno. Uh, I have to look now. It is... Tonight it's Ozuna. But it's definitely not always Ozuna. I don't know. It's not really fucking important at all. But it looks like it's more, mostly Ozuna. Um, yeah, but everybody could use Otani. He's fucking Otani. And speaking of Otani, just uh, marking some milestones in MLB. Acuna hit 60-30, 60 stolen bases, 30 home runs. There's a very possibility that he gets to 60-40, which would be nuts. He might even – there's a possibility he gets to, there's a possibility he gets to 70-40. Yeah, that's I mean, insane. That's just an insane mark. The guy's having a fucking crazy year, and it's going to be – Really interesting to see what happens at the end of the year between him and Mookie. I think it's going to be Acuna now. Just the milestone and the stories on the best team. Like, it's it's most likely going to be Acuna. But I don't want people to for, forget this year that Mookie Betts is having. Like, I feel like him not winning MVP might make this, like, one of, uh, like, a forgettable season. And people are just going to look at his 2018 season, which was also incredible. But he won MVP that year, so... People are going to look to that one. But 2023 Mookie Betts has been on a, on a completely different level, and I don't want him not winning MVP to make people forget this. Even though Acuna is playing amazing and he probably should win MVP, Betts is the closest second you could possibly get. Yeah, 100%. Betts is, Betts is having one of the better years, probably besides his MVP season. Uh, and if it wasn't for Acuna doing, ins- putting up insane numbers, uh, then I think it's pretty fair to say that Mookie Betts would be the NL MVP. <coughs> yeah, no question. No, qu- he's just so fucking good. Uh, more milestones. J. Rod, second season in a row, twenty-five homers, twenty-five stolen bases. Yeah, second year in the league, and he's already doing some crazy, crazy stuff. You know, I'm not one of those guys that's like J-Rod's fucking nuts. Like, I don't think he's – like, people out there think he's like a top five, top ten player. I, I don't, not yet, but 25-25 in back-to-back seasons is very impressive, especially the start he got out to this year, how bad he was and how quickly the turnaround was. He just turned it on immediately. And how good he's been since then down the stretch when the Mariners really need him to be good. That's what's impressive to me. Guys who can play when they play like they can when they need to, That's those are the guys you want on your team. I understand it, there's, it's a long season. It's 162 games and you have to play every game and whatever. But don't get it twisted. The last two months, three months of the season are the most important months. And if you're going to play really good, you want to do it in these three months. That's what J-Rod's doing right now. That's why he's at 25-25 for the second year in a row. And 
by the end of the year, people are going to look his look at his stats and not even remember how bad he was to start the year. They're not even even going to remember that he was batting almost below 200 in June and July. They're going to remember that you know he had another 25 25 season. He led the Mariners at the end of the year into the playoffs at the top of the AL West, and they did whatever they did. That's what people are going to remember, and that's why he's so good. That's why he's playing so good. It's it's this is these are the best players in baseball that play this good at this time of the year. Yeah, and uh, Julio has clearly cemented himself into that level now with some some show, showing some major consistency in his first two seasons in the big leagues. Uh, and this was a slow start for Julio this year, so I did not think uh, towards the end of the season that we'd be talking about him in this light, but uh, he's shown up. He's shown up in the last month and a half, two months, and really proven that he's living up to that large price tag that the Mariners committed themselves to for the next decade plus. Yeah, and and you know that was a that was an early deal. Like we've seen a lot of those early deals of obviously all the deals the Braves have been giving out, and we've seen a bunch of early deals around the around the league. And hopefully, I mean, right now it looks like J Rod that deal for him is definitely paying off. They gave him a shit ton of years. He's going to be there for the next decade. So having him play good in year two still, and having him bounce back like this, I think is really 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 big for them. One more milestone. Your boy that you actually hate but love Not my boy. but hate. But love but hate. Not my boy. Pete, Pete Alonzo, third year, 40-plus homers. I mean, it, it's it's becoming a regular thing with Alonzo. It's just like we said. He's, he's a pretty much a lock for 40 homers, 100 RBIs every single year, even though he might not hit over 220. We talked about it last week. There are only a select few of guys that can hit 40 home runs and 100 RBIs every single year and just do it consistently. Alonzo is one of those guys, and he's cementing himself as – he really is cementing himself as a top-five power hitter in baseball. There there are very few guys out there that have the power that Alonzo has. It's, it's him, it's Judge, it's Otani, it's Olsen. And then outside of that, there's not a whole bunch – Alonzo is absolutely one of the best power hitters in the league. He's proving it with another 40-plus homer season. And we have heard that apparently the Mets going back on what they said, and they are most likely keeping him now after a week a week ago saying that they're most likely trading him. So honestly, I have no clue. I don't believe anything that they say anymore because why would you believe anything that anybody says? I don't know why I try, I do, but I sometimes I just have to. But I don't know. I, I I'd be happy if I was a Mets fan. I I know how you feel about Alonzo, but come on, three years, forty plus homers. I mean, yeah, it's it's awesome, and he's doing his thing. I just I don't know. It's a very split decision for me whether we should keep him or not. I think, like I told you, everyone knows my stance now. If there is a deal to be made out there, I think we should jump on that deal. If not, I think we should resign him. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I think it's that simple too, but is it ever that simple though? It's never that simple, no. Of course not. No. That'd be way too easy. Of course. Um, Can I just say one thing actually? Sure. The more I watch baseball, the more I watch every game and I watch 
these teams that are going to make the wild card and these just these fringe teams and not fringe but the wild card teams the teams that are sort that are pretty much in it the more i think that the Braves are definitely beatable mm. Now I haven't been watching obviously obviously I have not been watching a shit ton of Braves games. I do watch the Braves every so often. I I see what they do. Obviously it's they score more runs in the first inning than anyone ever. It's they, the the start of the game is it's either Acuña gets on and steals and Albie's sack Olsen hits him in or it's Acuña gets out Albie's solo homer or it's they both get out and then Olsen solo homer or he walks and then Riley hits a two-run homer. It's it's just how it works with them in the first inning. I get that. I get it. But the more that I watch teams like the Cubs and teams like the Phillies and and these wild card teams that just have good solid lineups and can hit the ball with anyone in the entire league, the more I think that the Braves are very beatable. I think I think that we're getting really caught up in the 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 whole Braves thing and we're forgetting that baseball is baseball and that the best team almost never wins. Like it it doesn't happen that way. The best team doesn't win every single time. It's usually more often than more often than not that the best team does not win. So I don't know. I know we keep looking at Atlanta like they're this unstoppable force and I I'm definitely a part of that. I think, still think they're almost an unstoppable force but the more i watch the phillies and the cubs and the astros and the rangers and the diamondbacks and just all these teams the more i think that they can definitely be beaten yeah i think there's a lot more beatable teams out there in baseball than a lot of people kind of thing just because i mean let's i mean the perfect example is the the rays at the beginning of the year i mean they were on fire at one point they were like what 30 30 plus games over 500 and i think like every every team hits their hits their walls eventually and uh you know when when you're going well it it never seems that you're going to fall off that ledge but everyone has to at some point and i really think that a lot of these teams are let's not, I'm not I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say a lot of them are peaking but I think a lot of them are going to finish the season strong out and then you you also have to keep it in consideration you don't want your players to be burnt out by the middle of the playoffs. So I think uh, you know I'm not going to make a comment on who I think is going to be peaking or who is going to be thriving in the postseason and maybe uh you know those who might not be as hot come postseason time. But I think a lot of these teams look a lot more beatable than a lot of people think. Like, I think the Braves are beatable. Do I think they'll probably go on to win the NL pennant? Sure. But, like, I have questions about them in the World Series. I have questions of, of them against the Dodgers. I have, like, you can, you can make an argument swaying either way with a lot of these teams. The Rangers. The Rangers don't look as good as they have looked in previous, uh, previous weeks. Um, Scherzer looks to be going down now again with injuries. Does that throw a wrench in their playoff plans? So it's it's a lot of it is question marks in the air, and and I agree, Zach. A lot of these teams look a lot more beatable than you know than they are at face value. 
Yeah, I think it's the whole, you know, we're coming down to the stretch and teams are a lot of teams that are in the wild card or a lot of teams are playing for placement. They're playing to see what what seed they're going to get in the playoffs. And a lot of these teams are really throwing everything they have out there. And you're really you're seeing the best of teams come out. You're seeing you know the best version of the Chicago Cubs come out. You're seeing the best version of the Cincinnati Reds. You're seeing the best version of all these teams because they're all trying they're all trying to attain the same goal of making the playoffs and being the highest seed they possibly can. And I think that's why I'm so in on other teams because they're all just throwing it, throwing everything they have into these games while the Braves are just, you know, kind of going to cruise into the playoffs. I think that's also, you know, why a team like Philadelphia, a team like the Phillies last year got so hot because they had been playing like, like a lot of people say, they had been playing playoff baseball for the past the, a month before the playoffs even started. They were basically out. They had to win, and they could lose every five or six days. They had to basically win every time they stepped on the field. They played playoff baseball for two and a half months last year, and I think that's really good for a lot of teams. That's why you know I am so high on a lot of these teams that are pushing to make that playoff spot because they're playing for more and they're playing really important baseball right now while the Braves have a 20 game lead and you know they're just going to slowly make the playoffs get number one seed in the playoffs and then play it out I'm not saying that I think the Braves are going to get you know, swept or anything or get beaten in the NLDS. I definitely don't think so. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're pretty much a shoo-in for the, for the NL pennant. But I think there's something to say about having momentum and there's something to say about playing really important baseball the months going into the playoffs. 100%. There's, there, you have to play some of your most meaningful baseball now and not in April and May like Tampa Bay Rays might have done. But exactly. Yeah. Fuck the Rays. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh if you don't have anything else, I think we can get into picks. Yeah, I don't have anything else on the agenda, but uh let's do some picks. All right, man. Powered by Riverside. All right, we got picks for Tuesday, September 5th. Uh, would you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I will be going with the Boston Red Sox tomorrow. I'm going Boston Red Sox. I uh, don't have a money line on them, but I'm going they Red Sox money line. 100% a underdog. Yeah. But I love the pick. That's a great team that you're picking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with kind of a wild pick as well. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Miami Marlins. They're playing the Dodgers in Miami. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm feeling Marlins. So yeah, go Marlins. Awesome. And uh, Jake has Orioles overs again. 
I can um, play. It's Orioles Angel Angels tomorrow. That's definitely going to be over. So I think it's most likely over nine and a half. So I can do roulette. Have it up here. All right. Jake has twenty-two. I will take four. I'm gonna do ten. Okay. Right. Spinning. And fifteen. Fuck. You know, I was debating the whole time between ten and fifteen. <laughs> I was I really was. I don't want to win when I don't want to win when Jake's not here anyway. So it's yeah, fine. true. I Me mean, neither. So yeah, yeah. I didn't want to win. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode. We appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back on Friday with another great one. And Dawes is ugly. Uh, bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>